Would you like to go on a quest? Hello and welcome to the season three finale of Quest Me. My name is Josh. I'm your host and forever friend, and I'm also the creator of the Twist My Arm Network. Um, thank you all for joining us on this season of Quest Me. I'm super excited to conclude um, this seven-week run of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Twist My Armcast and on Facebook. Just search Twist My Arm Podcast. You can also go to our website, twistmyarm.net, and you can find all of the different uh, shows and um, live streams that we have available for you there. In fact, if you go to our live streams tab on the website, you can watch this live stream. Anytime we're live on any show, you can go to that live stream tab and it'll be there. Um, super exciting. The website is still getting a little worked out, but twistmyarm.net is where you find us now. So, obviously, every every week, there's other people with me. I'm not the only one here. And so I got to introduce the two people I have waiting in the wings. First, as always, except that one episode because of things. But as always, my co-host, his name is Justin. How are you today, sir? I'm well. How are you doing, man? I'm I'm doing great. I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. It's been a it's been a week, but you know I'm doing great. You know it is it is what it is. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm on a two week vacation. vacation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. nice. That's just nice. doing house projects, just staying at home. Yeah. But the best thing is uh, I'm getting paid for not working. So well, but I mean that. let's be honest, <laughs> honey do lists, honey do lists is kind of working, right? Yeah, that's fun though. I like doing those. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do you like is. my hat? I do. Look at you. Do you like See? my my shirt? Actually, <laughs> you got to lean over. You got to bend over to do that. So, I went all out today. I went with I went with my child t-shirt. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I went all out on that stuff because you know I'm a nerd. Speaking of nerds, we have a guest with us. Um, he's a he's a big nerd, and that's okay. Um, but he comes from a little show called Best Flicks with Ricky D. I have with us today ricky d you're a nerd (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know how are you today sir i'm doing good i spent a long time driving around in circles today uh Mm. i actually i watched this episode while i might have been driving um yeah so that's something i've never done before uh but you know (laughs) not a bad way to pass the time Hey man, it works. It works, right? What did you? I know you just like binged this whole season. I watched this whole all of the series. episodes in the past two days, or Ooh, I guess I uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Today is Thursday, and I saw a little bit of an eye roll in there as you said that. How, what did you think of the whole series? Uh one thing. I guess uh, if I were going to use one word, I might say unnecessary. <laughs> um. <laughs> It was, it's good. It, it never really drops below average. It's got some really great points in it. Uh, but I I just don't, uh, it doesn't seem like something that I really need. Boba Fett was such a small character. And I know 
We all love Boba Fett when we were younger. I've got a statue of Boba Fett somewhere within reach, but it seems a little unnecessary to bring him back. And there was also like one and a half or one and two halves of Mandalorian episodes <laughs> built into this. And that seemed weird and shoehorned. It It's just complicated. It wasn't bad. I don't regret the time I spent watching it. It was a sure. lot of fun, but it's just, I, I'm not dying for more. You know, and I think we talked about that at the very beginning of this season. We talked about if this was actually necessary and if it was something that we needed, even as Star Wars fans, did we really want more of this? Mm -hmm. And by the end of it, I think, especially like the end of this, this episode, um, there was a finality to it that was like, all right, they don't have to continue on. This was a good prequel to Mandalorian season three. Like this is all this was. That's another season three prequel. That's another thing I'm kind of having issues with is like they made some serious progress in the storyline of the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't watch this, if you watch Mandalorian season three and just jump into season four, which I mean, nobody's doing that now. Everybody's watching book of Boba Fett, but let's say five years from now, somebody picks up the Mandalorian they start watching it through. They're going to go straight from season three to season four. And all of a sudden he's got a newbie in starfighter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Grogu is significantly progressed in his force abilities. He's got uh Beskar armor. Grogu has Beskar armor. What? Yeah. There's no... <laughs> go, go on, Justin. What were you going to say? No, 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 no. I was just going to get into the Beskar armor, but you're fine. No, I mean you're you're right though. I mean, if you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, by the end of it, like by the end of and it's season, I think two to three. We're not oh, okay. Three yet. But but like at the end of season two, you know, Grogu was given to Luke. And then the start of season three, it's gonna be like Luke is back. He's got a new ship, he's got all this other stuff. Like so you're right. It would be kind of a weird transition and kind of a little jarring, I feel, to most viewers if they didn't give a shit about Boba Fett. But I think at this point, it's kind of a necessary watch, right? Like mm -hmm. you, and maybe not necessarily all of Boba Fett, but if you watch the last three episodes, like five, six, and seven, then that would be your season three prequel. You know, like, yeah, this maybe is what, it's part of the box what, set. And it probably is. I mean, once they <laughs> actually release something stupid like that, like, that, that's exactly what Boba it's going to be. It's just like, is really Mandalorian 2.5. I mean, kinda. It kinda is, and I'm I'm okay with it. Like by the end of episode four, I was like, all right, like there's just gonna be a big battle now, right? Like, what else could they yeah. possibly do? And then five and six, it's just a Mandalorian story. That's all it was. Like Boba Fett channeled his inner Empire Strikes Back in the episodes five and six because he didn't say a goddamn word. <laughs> and like that's. You know, that's all it was. But I, I was still satisfied with it. And obviously, we'll we'll talk about it. I, I actually have our entire season rating to go over at the end of the show. So that'll be cool. Um, but for those of you that are watching, thank you for joining us live on uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, pretty much anywhere you can watch videos, you can watch us, um, including twistmyarm.net. Um, if you're listening in podcast land, this is a season finale, but we do normally go live when we do these episodes, normally on Thursdays, and you can always join us and join us in the chat and chat with us and uh, 
you know, talk some Star Wars. So, um, that being said, I don't really know what's uh, what's in store for season four yet. It's gonna be a little bit. I'm uh, I'm in the middle of some some big life changes, so season four might not come out till about April, maybe even May, which is when Obi Wan starts. Hmm, interesting how that works out. But <laughs> today we're gonna talk about the season finale of the book of Boba Fett, which is called in the name of honor. It is the seventh episode of a seven episode series. And, uh, it's directed by Robert Rodriguez, who also was the showrunner. He did most of the writing and stuff like that with Favreau and Filoni. And he also directed, I believe the first episode. So I always write little summaries myself because they never have them updated by the time I, we do these shows. Um, although this week it's a week late, so there is a summary <laughs> on IMDb. But to keep things in Quest Me fashion, I'm going to read my little summary that I always write for these episodes. So here we go. Episode 7, In the Name of Honor. We are at war. In this episode, we see Boba Fett and company take on the Pikes in an all-out battle for Tatooine. Short and sweet. That was your so, best one yet. <laughs> like I can see it in yellow writing in a screen scroll. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I mean, it's we're at war. <laughs> it's pretty short for a scroll, like a you know a crawl, but that's fine. It's, it's hey, one Phil, paragraph. It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was more like one sentence though. Two, one and a half sentences. <laughs> Got to count the semicolon. Yeah, right. So we start this episode off. Um, basically they're holed up in the old bar that gets blown up in uh, the last episode, which, what is that? That's so reminiscent of like an old gangster movie too, where the, the kid goes in and drops off a briefcase. I can't remember what movie it is, but it's like some, just say some, Godfather. It's not Godfather though. It's something crazy. Different. It might be Goodfellas. <sighs> I don't think it's Goodfellas either. No, it had like more than one word in the name. I don't know. Somebody knows. Phil, I'm sure you're in the chat. I'm sure you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, the, the they're standing in the bar that was blown up last episode, and they're kind of just talking about their plan, right? And what they're gonna do. Boba Fett wants to go to the to the castle, to the fortress, and hang out there, while the Power Rangers are like, no, we should hang out on the streets and defend the people of Mos Espa. And all the while, Fennec and and all of those, all of them just are are so satisfied that they and and so confident that they're secure. Do you guys think that the crew was a little arrogant to think that they wouldn't get completely betrayed by the entire city? Justin, no. what do you what do you think? You don't, you don't think no. that was a little arrogant? No, I, I think Boba and all of them understood that the they appealed to three crime lords. Of course, they're gonna flip on him. So he, so you think he knew the whole time that there was gonna be some sort of. I mean, he, he he could hope for the best, but he planned for the worst for sure. That's why he strategically put all three teams in each three locations where the that crime lord family lives. There were no teams. He yeah, there was. There was Chrysanthemum, yeah. one, Team 1, Team 2, <laughs> Moss Vespas, and Team 3 was the um, Vulcan Skull. Okay. There I you mean, go. Yes, I, I guess, but but it was two different 
two-person teams. The Bulk and Skull got thrown off a cliff super easily, which, by the way, rest in peace, Bulk and Skull. I know. That was one of the saddest sad. parts of the show. Um, <laughs> right? Someone had to die, right? And it couldn't be Chrysanthemum. No, I, I, as much as I thought he was going to die like four times, fuck. Yeah, right. But anyway, I still, to me, I think it was, they just tried so hard to, to, to be safe and to think that they were safe. I feel like, especially Boba Fett, he was like, yeah, we got this. It's fine. Yeah, there no was a pretty deal. strong proclamation. Like, we've got all of our bases covered. And then all of a sudden, the big blue dude walks in out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah which... I have I have that marked off. There's three different standoffs in this episode. Exactly. And for like this was the most western of space westerns I think I've ever watched. Oh, Just their, yeah. their language, what they said. The way it started, the way it ended, the way there's just Setting. a battle in the streets, there's people falling out of windows, there's like tanks coming in. You know, like what's that movie? Um, it, they just remade it. Uh, the 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 something ten. It's got like Chris Pratt in it. Yes, Miraculous Seven, maybe or Magnificent Seven, or Thank you. That is the one. And and like it, they're in this big battle, and then at one point the enemies bring in this giant like gatling gun that they post outside the city and just wreck the entire city that's kind of what this episode reminded me of is like this battle between gangs it was like a gang war basically an old west gang war and then at one point in time the gatling guns come out you know the, the droids but but like everything from the standoffs to you know the the civilians to people like looked like people are shutting windows and like and mm -hmm. then you know cowboys aiming out of the windows and getting shot and falling out of the windows there was a there was a, a point in the movie um where boba fett and uh amando shoot it at this guy and he falls off the the, the building and then they keep shooting him, <laughs> and they keep shooting him. oh it's, i love that it's directly from an old robert rodriguez movie where really? they shoot the guy off the and god i can i cannot i had it written down earlier but it's not in my actual notes but it's like an old movie of his where they they keep shooting the guy as he falls to the ground. Probably like Desperado or it, Once Upon a Time in like Mexico. That. It's something like yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, this just this whole thing reminded me of the climax of a Western movie that you could just replace the aliens with old cowboys with black hats and spurs, mm. and you replace the the free towns transport ship with you know a six horse carriage that's bringing in a bunch of people you know what i mean like it was so just identical to an old west film that I, and for me personally i love western movies i could watch those things all freaking day and i don't know why or why i like them but just seeing different similarities between the two it's 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 mind-blowing. So what did, what did you guys... Were you guys, like, in that same boat? Did you just kind of look at this as a Western? Like, we needed more tumbleweeds and, you know, <laughs> people, like, putting their hands at their hips or... or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Not really. Like, I got the sense of the Alamo going on the pretty much the entire episode. Just like you said. Uh, three standouts. 
machine guns coming in, which are the droids. Like I thought it was cool. I really did. I really dug it. There's a lot of scenes like you pointed out that shooting and when they keep falling and they, they keep shooting them. Uh, there's a few others that are in there. The guy falling out of the window was uh, a scene from 310 to Yuma. Or at least it, it felt like that one to me. Uh, okay. It was overall just fun. I thought it was a cool way to finish off the season. Yeah. And then there was like surprises and twists and turns. Well, how many deus ex machinas were in this fucking episode too <laughs> like think about it i mean you have the first one where uh boba and mando are pinned down by the pikes and then freetown shows up right there's there's your first one and then the second one is when they're all pinned down by the droids and the rancor shows up right and then the <laughs> last favorite. and then the last one is when grogu shows up in front of the rancor and puts his ass to sleep like <laughs> there were so many just like oh here's a little here's a little machina for you we're, we're good everything's fine <laughs> so which i enjoyed and the, and there were so some of those like little clips and scenes were really really good they did a great job with it i mean when freetown comes in and the bartender's like he shot him down in cold blood what a western thing to say by the way and then like you know this planet deserves better like that's just you know that's a that's a community coming together to to fight off this gang of crime lords and it was cool it was cool to kind of see that in in star wars you know to see the like ground people actually come together not just a bunch of rebels but like people fighting for their own city not just you know not the galaxy but tattooing itself i i love that um Jeez, I'm just I'm just skipping all, all over the place. I'm sorry. This episode was great. I watched it at least five times. And like there, there's one scene that I teared up every single time, even today while I was watching it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll I got a little overly emotional. I guess I guess we're gonna get to it, so I'll <laughs> yeah. leave it be. Um anyway, so we were talking about the first standoff with Cad Bane and, and Boba Fett, and uh this was kind of like for a Clone Wars fan, I feel like this was epic, right? Because because we always I know Justin, you watched all of Clone Wars. Oh yeah. And I know that I Loved know that it. you watched the like deleted episode where Cat Ban and Boba had the standoff. Yeah, I saw that um, shitty but, animation. But, right, right. But it was supposed to be an episode. Yeah, I, I wish it was. It was still cool, and especially now because we actually got to see that come to fruition. But in live action, were were you were you like happy with the kind of Clone Wars payoff there? Absolutely, like that. That's uh, them taking a deep pocket. Like I loved it how they pulled that one out, and it's sort of a like, oh, we should have aired this, but here you go, give the fans what they need and want. Right, give them what they like. And they also, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but. Boba and Cad Bane had to have worked together like a lot because in Latin Mandalorian season two, there's a certain scene where Boba Fett walks into there. He's talking to Bo-Katan and, and the, the Mando Mandalorian crew. And he says, he says the same thing that Cad Ben Cad Bane says to him in this first standoff, which is sounds like the Quacta calling the stifling slimy, right? Yeah. 
Boba Fett says that exact same thing to Bo-Katan's crony in Mandalorian season two, I think episode four or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was a cool callback and also kind of a good connection to show that these two people had worked together in the past. And oh boy, would I love to see a Boba Fett and Cad Bane series. What? I'm glad that had a good reason. When they did, said the Skippy Whippers, that's like <laughs> calling a Skippy Whipper a Duder Snacky. <laughs> I I was just I rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh come on, that's stupid. We're we're trying a little bit too hard to get Star Wars jargon in. But if it's been used multiple times, I could appreciate that a little bit more. Yeah, and it was uh it was a it was definitely a cool callback. Yeah. Um uh, it just makes me want to watch Mandalorian season two again, you know, and because mm-hmm. that was a fun episode when Boba Fett and Mando are teaming up with Bo Katan and that crew and they go attack the empire the em- em- imperial mini destroyer whatever it was i don't know it was, it was cool but um so i feel like after that everything just kind of just happened so quick like this episode was an hour long i think it was the longest episode of the entire series of non-stop action and it, it seriously it felt like just non-stop bang 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 new thing happens new thing happens new thing happens but the coolest thing uh, to me, the coolest thing before we get into all of that is the X-Wing flying into, um, God, I always forget her freaking name. The crazy Belly? ladies. Belly. Thank you. How, how do I always forget that name, dude? But R2 drops Grogu off basically with her. And, uh, I just, I kind of want to just talk about this scene for a second before we get into the big battle, because the big battle is basically the entire episode. How did R2 know to go to Pelly's hangar? Question. You know, that's a that is a good question. Grogu um, programmed it. Yeah, Grogu might know where to go. Um <laughs> also R4 is is her droid, the red droid. And R4 and R2 spent a little bit of time in a sand crawler in a new oh, hope if you romantic. remember that. Ooh, so it's, it's possible there's actually like a, an old comic that talks about r4 and how that's the only droid this is non-canon at all it's not non-canon but it's the only droid in the star wars universe that can use the force is r4 and and according to this comic when they were on the jawa sandcrawler r2 and r4 when they were on there together they basically communicated and R4 blew his circuit on his own, so then Owen would have to take R2-D2 to give to Luke, to blah blah blah. So there's like a connection there that like R2 and R4 are actually maybe friends of sorts, or like acquaintances, and they can maybe talk to each other. So I could see something if they really wanted to make some ridiculous backstory of nah, how, how R2 get wiped. R2 never got wiped? Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. They, yeah. they fucking retconned that. Le- or sure what's his name? Organa is like, clean up the droids and wipe their memory bank. I am almost positive they retconned that. Not- in like a future book or comic or something like that. Their, but, their memories are gone. But even, but even still, <laughs> if R2 did get wiped in episode three, he wouldn't. that doesn't mean he got wiped for episode four, which is where he would have met R4. 
and then from then from episode three he hadn't gotten wiped until maybe maybe episode nine maybe i'm just sitting here thinking they're definitely gonna make an r2d2 and r4 like buddy star wars spinoff and they're just gonna wander around beeping and booping at each other (laughs) but yeah solving uh... crime also solving crime i like that see there you go there's a new story in the from a certain point of view collection about them meeting which is great i loved the from certain point of view it was like a star uh, luke skywalker book i have that one and it talks about um people telling their stories of luke skywalker and their rumors and stuff so that's that's cool i have to i'll have to check that out um anyway i have no idea how grogu got to to her garage but it was a fun scene and i i loved when <laughs> And she's like, so first of all, I love when she says, Grogu, that's a terrible name. I'm not going to call you that. As if she's speaking for every single fan in the Star Wars universe. (laughs) Totally right. I want to hate Peli. Like every fiber of my being wants to hate this weird, aggressive, like blue collar mechanic lady. But I love her. She's so great. You know what? It, it's it's really funny because she really, really reminds me of my mother. Yeah. <laughs> Just no filter, no fucks given, does whatever the hell she wants. Like, especially in this scene when the X-Wing's rolling up and she's like, what the hell? An X-Wing? Hide that. You need to hide that. Put a cover over that right now. Hide that stuff. You know, I don't want the law to see this. <laughs> the paraphernalia totally... needs to go. Yep. See, again, just reminding me of my mother. So... <laughs> And and I'm I'm right with you, Ricky, because she does have parts where I'm like, oh, that's kind of obnoxious. But then there's other scenes where I'm like, yeah, I still love her. She's she's wonderful, you know. I mean, she's the, the one who worms. she's the one who uh, confirmed that Jawas are oh, just shit, it's uh... the cops. <laughs> <laughs> and I have literally heard my mother say that at least twice. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. No, but uh, sorry, Justin. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, Pelly is the one that confirmed that uh, Jawas are are just sandy walks. <laughs> just that, like, she made that yeah. joke talking about that. Like, she was ro- rocking around shooting a Jawa gun. That was that was, a Jawa gun? That was a Jawa gun. Oh, that's the shock epic. something. Like, that was dope. That, like, shotgun thing. Oh, that, that thing was sick. Like, and what a badass. She just gets thrown out of that carriage and just spits out a tooth. Yep. And then gets up and keeps fighting. Like, what a badass, dude. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't need that tooth. Let's keep shooting. All right. Call her bad bitch right there. She's she, don't want to mess with Amy her. Amy Sedaris. Is that is that what her name is? I think, I think so. Think she's I I can't even remember her fictional name. So what makes you think I can remember her real name? <laughs> uh, she's fairly famous. That's true. Um so anyway, now we get to this battle, which just starts immediately, right? With you got the the little bit of a comedic relief with the the what do you, what are they? They keep calling him names, the Twilek dude. But he goes out there with the oh. tablet, and he tells them basically Boba Fett just tells them to fuck off, which was a great distraction because that next scene we get with the jetpacks, like. Justin, 
was that everything that you ever wanted to see with Mandalorians? Because that scene was incredible. Where they just come out of the sky and start blasting. I mean, it happened in what season one of Mandalorian, but to see Boba and Mando just swooping around shooting everything, that was pretty epic. I thought they, I did think it was missing a little lackluster. I really did think they're going to take out that whole entire first wave. Of the pikes, you mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, they kind of did. They, they, oh, no, I, they got shot down. Well, in a way, honestly, that was just a distraction. The pikes were just distracting them until the droids could get in there. Right? Like, that's, that had to have been <sighs> what it was. I think the droid droids were a contingency plan. Mm, I mean, they don't walk very fast. So they had to have been coming in from the side. Maybe and they roll. Giant giant droidica. They already have they're the not, shield. Though. They're scorpionic droids. They don't roll up. They're like scorpions. That's that's what that's exactly what uh yeah. what what she called them. It, yeah, I, I remember the scorpion neck being thrown out. So It'd be cool if it rolled though. <laughs> it would be. And you know what's funny is in my notes I originally had giant droidicas and then she said Scorpinex and I was like, Oh sweet. I can change that name. I know the I know the name. I don't think I saw but, it in Clone Wars or anything either. Um I think they were in Rebels. Okay. I think. I think. But either way. Um, it was it was a cool opening scene to this battle, and and I still think that it was just a distraction to get those droids in there to just wreck things, right? Um, I it it sucks. Basically, they every everyone got picked off one by one. It was a really good fake out because I I feel like I thought I thought Chrysanthemum was going to be at least heavily injured. Um, I thought most of the Power Rangers crew was going to be done for. Um, <laughs> and I honestly didn't even think anyone other than the bartender would have showed up from Freetown. Like, I thought it was going to be a very, like, dark kind of ending to this. And that Boba Fett would have to leave with Mando and they'd go on their own adventures. Never go back to Tatooine. But alas, we're going to spend the next six shows on fucking Tatooine for whatever reason. Even though there's a thousand other planets in the Star Wars galaxy. We just have to stay on Tatooine all the time. It's cheaper to shoot. <laughs> it also it suits the Western styling that they're really hitting hard on. I know it. I know, but I just complain. <laughs> I'd like to get out of Tatooine. It's in all the movies. Is there? Okay, I guess episode two. Is that the only one that we don't go to Tatooine? Episode on? two, he kills the, the the men, but the women and the children, too. He does go to Tatooine on episode two. That's right. <laughs> and then A New Hope is on Tatooine. Empire Strikes Back. Is there anything on Tatooine? That's what there? I was thinking. I Probably shows yeah. up in the background. <laughs> Actually, don't, I don't think there is. But Return, there is. And then, of, of course... Look, Jakku in episode seven was obviously meant to be Tatooine. <laughs> episode eight was thrown away, and episode nine went back to Tatooine. So basically every movie that counted in the Star Wars universe went to Tatooine. But sort of. I digress. <laughs> um again, like I said, Bulk and Skull. 
getting murked by uh by those dudes which was another western scene where you see the train go by and then all of a sudden right behind the train there's all these dudes all these enemies these cowboys that are chasing off the uh the muscle did that that's from a movie too i think maybe the ex what is it from uh maybe it is the untouchables I can't. I can't remember. I don't, I don't recall. There's a, ch- a train chasing scene there. Not a train chase, but like a train departing, and then people behind the train. So then, when it's out of the out of the like camera, it was hiding their view, the view exactly. Oh, because that's what happens to Bulk and Skull. They're they're watching the train, and then the uh, you know, like I was saying, the cowboys are behind the train. So anyway. That was a sad, sad scene, and uh, I guess Boba needs to get some more Gamorians. I know. Bulk and Skull, like, they said they've been around for the, the OG status. Yeah, I feel like they were to there everyone. For... Yep, yep, to Jabba, to, the, to that Twi'lek dude, Bib Fortuna. Yeah. Did you guys know that Danny Trejo was in this episode? Where? That's what I'm seeing on IMDb. Uh, he was the Rancor Keeper. He was That's probably a super. Sh- he was in episode four. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the whole series. Yep. Nice. Never mind. Cancel that. Nice. Zip. Nice. Way to, way to best flicks it up, I, Ricky. <laughs> yep. I'm uh, I'm bringing a lot to the table here. <laughs> I I do kind of wish Danny Trejo was in this episode though. Like, because, like, with the the rancor going all King Kong on the city, like him, just like no, no, right when they start shooting him. I think he went. I think he went rancor Kong because Boba got knocked off of him, and so his, I'll call him his familiar, was not there to talk him down from the ledge, if you will, from the Empire State Building. But anyway, I, I would have loved to see him in there just to even have a little line, you know, like at the very end when they're all doing the bring the it 80s, back like, safe. High five. <laughs> like he hands the brain over to Boba Fett. Make sure she comes back without a scratch. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, oh, yeah, I lost my lost my train of thought here. Oh, oh, I wanted to mention Boba Fett did the thing. Every time we see Boba Fett armor in something, we have to see the bend over and shoot rocket thing. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a callback for Jesse there. That was a that was a fun time seeing that rocket being fired off for the first time in Mando season two mm-hmm. with Cobb Vance, and then seeing it again with with Boba Fett actually. Like, is that practical? Is that rocket really practical? Depends. You have to, you have to bend over to use it. Not if he's shooting it up in the sky, uh, in the sky out of like a, uh, a ship or something. You still have to bend over to use it. <laughs> no, he, he would stand there erect and then shoot his rocket. Well, I don't think it's meant to be used in uh, like dire situations when he's in the middle of like he he's going to use it tactfully, tactical, tactically. 
tactically. Yeah, he's going to okay. take down a ship. He's going to, you know, shoot somebody far away. I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm totally okay with it. It's just funny because, like, when we were kids and had, like, toys like that with little rocket packs on their back, you know, we you have to bend them over, like, flip them forward to shoot at whoever they're shooting at. And it was just, like, watching it again is just being a kid again. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, used to, I used to bend him over and fire rockets out of his backpack <laughs> almost sounds <Great>. tantalizing there <laughs> kind of kind of i love the nickname they give chrysanthemum San- santo i Let's like call santo. santo the whole time i do too i think that's oh. what i will call him from now on he his name is santo and he will be called santo he's bk i think they're trying to get away from like colors and names because they they never they yeah. never said anything about that. They never said Black Kersantin in the show. They only referred to him as Kersantin, which I am totally okay with. Yeah, there's absolutely. no reason to be racist against Wookies. Okay, <laughs> just because he's got different color fur doesn't mean you gotta like be a jerk about it. Have we ever seen a young Wookie? Obviously, yeah, Kersantin's kind of Christmas old. special. Oh, uh, <laughs> I hate I, to say I it. That. Which is funny you bring that up because the Christmas special is the first time we ever saw Boba Fett ride a giant animal. That's he's true. riding that dinosaur. And there's and a scene like, that happens when he's on the Rancor and it's boom, Christmas when, when special. Comes up, he's, he's, he's like in the same kind of, what do you call that on a horse? Saddle. saddle. He's got the saddle and the, the little shoe holders or whatever. But So Boba Fett has ridden a Rancor before? No, he's ridden like a dinosaur. Oh, okay. He rode a, a giant creature, which in that episode that he gets the Rancor and he's like, I've ridden bigger creatures. He's referring to the Christmas special. <laughs> so funny that they do that. George hates that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like, that they just don't care. They're like, well, it's Star Wars, so we'll use it. Let's let's go it's back. For I grabs. Mean, Din Djarin had Boba Fett's weapon from the Christmas special, you know, in the in the first oh, yeah, season, he was right. using that same kind of weapon. And and the first episode when he's fighting that giant creature in the sea, it was just like in the Christmas special. They they won't they won't hold anything back, and that's why I love this. Like this this whole Mandalorian um, Mando verse. I'm gonna call it the Mando verse. Coined it. Quest Me has coined the Mandoverse, right? Nobody else has said it, I don't think. Nope. Else said We're going to look that up. But I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And like I've said in any season or any episode, this is Star Wars to me. This is the sequel to Return of the Jedi, to the, to the original trilogy. Because it is very much Star Wars. You know, it's a Western. It's, it's pulling from other properties, but doing it in a really like tactic ta- tactical tactical way <laughs> um and i and i thoroughly enjoy it do you are you guys on that same boat like let me let me ask you this let's start with ricky are do you think like this is more of a sequel to star wars than the actual sequel trilogy oh uh yeah i would definitely agree with that uh the sequel trilogy we're talking about episode 789 right Correct, yeah, yeah those those felt very un-Star Wars-y to me, kind of. They they didn't... They were too shiny. 
Uh, this one is I really like the grittiness and everything going on with the Tatooine and this whole series, except for those stupid pimped out mopeds. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. The Power Ranger bikes. They're the yep. worst thing of this whole season. Mm-hmm. I like this. Whole series. That's this. I know. And you know, I got so much shit about that. Like I talked about it and then Twitter blew up at me the next day. Like, well, you know that that's like George Lucas and that's like a reference to Lucas. And yeah, I know. Doesn't mean I don't like it. Or it doesn't mean I can't not like it. Like it just looks so out of place. If I was on Coruscant mm-hmm. or Naboo mm-hmm. or something else, like where did these people, first of all, on Tatooine, where do you get the money to give yourself upgrades on your eyeballs and arms and and get the money to get these kind of like mopeds i i mean we don't need to know their backstory i do i kind of want to know where they got that shit it'll be a, a comic they, spinoff what are they selling spice or what i mean come on man they're selling water they're water they're hustlers water that's right that's right they were stealing water from the guy from Office space, the stapler guy. <laughs> Milton. Milton, yeah. That's the guy. That guy that was complaining about the water played Milton in office space. So wonderful. Um moving on from the Power Rangers bikes. Yeah. I want to talk about going back to Santo. I want to talk about Santo a little bit. That dude takes a beating, an absolute thrashing and through this whole walking. episode. Like how does he not die? He gets, I, like, I don't, I don't know. I thought like, especially after the Trandoshian attack, I'm like, oh man, Santo's dead. This sucks. And then like he comes back and crawls through the alley, still pulling people off of him, dragging a foot, still getting shot at. I was like, oh, he's gonna die in their arms right here, right now. And then Dude. the next scene, he's just walking, no, no limp or anything. Right, like what his Makes his me legs mysteriously. Yeah, I, they I have super healing powers. I mean, Chewie could kind of take a beating. We've seen Chewie get beat up a little bit, get shot and stuff. But like, he got no. shot in the shoulder and was whining about it compared to this shit. Dude, he got. <laughs> All right, you're right, Phil. In the old canon, that took a moon falling on Chewie to kill him. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, Actually, in uh, the new true. Jedi Order, second, I think maybe it was the first first book of the New Jedi Order. Um, the uh, they're on this planet where the moon came crashing down on them, and Chewie didn't have a way out. Wow! And so that's how he died in the uh, original books. But I, I guess, I guess in that like logic, it would take a lot to bring a Wookiee down. But I mean, that was a lot, dude. He got, he got. Hitting the shoulder with that giant axe, like yeah. once, and then he got stabbed a couple more times. He got shot. I I counted at least six times. He got shot, and then he gets fucking <laughs> hit against the wall by that droid, just like smacked against the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all Boba can say is, "I owe you a soak in my back to tank." <laughs> <laughs> Like not, hey man, sit this one out. Like you've you've taken enough beating, <laughs> you know. You didn't even let him go first. 
he got wrecked, but I'm glad that he survived. And and he did get the melon at the end. They did give him the melon and not the Power Rangers. So and he was pretty happy about it, that melon too. He They're was, all joking about it. Yeah. Um God, I'm trying to go through all the I just had a shit ton of talking points here. Um I got something to bring up. So this is this is a uh, a pretty old throwback. But did you guys remember the Connect for the Xbox? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you guys ever play the Star Wars game on Connect? Never had an Xbox. Ah, uh, see, it, uh, there's a lot of these scenes that just reminded me of playing that because the Ram- Rancor Rampage went through Ma Sizely and it was a okay. blast. I've seen that. I've seen that. Like seen videos of it. That's pretty much what this was was yeah. rancor kong rampage that's why my notes it just rancor kong throughout the whole thing <laughs> seriously i mean right? all he needed was to pick up fennec shand and drag her up to the top of the building although him holding mando in front of him was a, a pretty good callback to king kong and stuff mm-hmm. I, I love how at the beginning of this episode boba fett is like we don't want the city to get destroyed we really want to like keep in place you know the 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 integrity of this city i want to make sure that we protect it halfway through he's like fuck it i'm getting my rancor (laughs) i'm climbing over the buildings (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna run through buildings and throw droids through the other buildings like at one point boba fett just gave up on any regard for any human life (laughs) and that's that's okay were you guys were you guys surprised that it was the Rancor that came back? Well, let's start with Justin, because I feel like this one, this surprised me a little bit. When he said, I need to go get backup, and he came back with the Rancor. Were you surprised? Well, after he said that, I, I was not surprised. I'm like, there's no other backup. He's got a rank. Oh. And then he came back with it eventually. But, like, in the, the nerd side of me says, like, that Rancor is a, juven- or is a juvenile. It's not fully trained. He can't really fuck shit up. But then, like, how much time has elapsed in between each episode? Because a baby bear could still rip your arm off. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to kick a baby bear. Fun facts with Ricky D. <laughs> Did you know? Um, see, I thought it was, I thought he might have had some Tuscans in his back pocket that he was going to get. That'd be dope. I had no idea there was a Rancor coming. Even when that one claw came over, I thought it was just more enemies. Like after the giant Skeletrex or Scorpidex. Yeah. I thought that uh, there was just more more of a shit show coming their way. That makes sense. Phil makes a good point. Uh, He thought it was his ship, but the Rancor is a better choice to avoid collateral damage. Um and that would have been cool to see the slave one coming, but we did get to see the slave one take out that biker gang back in like episode four or whatever, three or four, um, which by the way, was a mistake. He totally played along with the pikes and got duped into all of that going and killing that biker gang, even though it was the pikes that went and killed his Tuscan family mm-hmm. and spray painted the, the gang symbol on there. Um, I loved that going back to the standoff with Cad Bane before we move too far with the rancor but him expressing about the pikes killing his tuscan family like how uh 
How brutal. Cad Bane is just a bastard. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I'm going to get underneath your skin real quick and just tell you that this whole war is is meaningless, you know? Anyway, I digress from that from that subject. Back to the Rancor, because that's like one of the best <laughs> scenes of, of the entire series. Um, him just tearing apart those droids. Just tearing apart the droids. And like... Did you get uh did you get episode three vibes with uh with Boba Fett saying do it? Oh no. I didn't pick up on that at all. Mm-mm. I definitely no. did. He uh when when he's holding the the Rancor's holding the droid up and he just goes, Do it. It's very similar to when Anakin is holding the lightsabers to Dooku's throat and the Emperor goes Yes, Anakin, kill him. Do it. <laughs> and uh the Emperor when he was telling Luke to kill Darth Vader. Yes, that's true. Do it. That's true. Do Take it. Your father's place at my side. Oh Jesus, we need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember people's names, but I can remember the Emperor's quotes from 1983, a year that I wasn't even alive yet. <laughs> you gotta remember Sheev's quotes. <laughs> so terrible. So terrible. Um, one complaint that I had about the Rancor. This is probably my only complaint. That dude takes a pounding. He gets shot three times. I counted three times. It might have been four. But he gets shot point blank all those times, right? And nothing. And Josh and Young Palpatine series. (laughs) I I can do it. I just cut my hair, I guess. But but then Cad Bane comes out and just throws a flamethrower in his face. And he just... Frankenstein, man. Winds. He pulled a Frankenstein on him. Fire! Ooh! And starts running away. He got shot point blank in the shoulder. A it's little just, fi- and- there's He has armored plating. They proved that by the, the droid trying to claw us in the chest, and you just hear a ting, and you see it roll off. But, like, he, it's just a primal instinct to, like, ooh, fire, fuck that. No matter what. The droid cut him. The droid tinged off Amando's armor. When the droid goes up to hit the rancor, it still cut him. He was I don't still. Think so. It was flesh. Watch it again. There's blood. Disney Fire's does a psychological weapon. Okay, Phil. Why you gotta be so smart all the time? See, there you go. So then Double why didn't Phil. he run away when Mando blew fire into his mouth? Hmm. I don't have an argument. It just <laughs> seemed like they used that as a, just a random plot device. It was a hotter fire that drove Shut the rancor up. away. <laughs> oh my it burned more Cad yellow. Bane, Cad Bane just has fire from Mustafar, and it burns hotter there. Get out of here. <laughs> Justin's over there like, yeah, that's actually could be true. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'd get lava from Mustafar and condense it. Oh my goodness. Anyway, it, it was a good like plot device to get Boba Fett off the Rancor and to get standoff number three, which we skipped over standoff number two, which I considered to be and you know, let me actually there's actually four standoffs in this episode. The first one was Cad Bane and Boba Fett outside the bar. The second one is Boba Fett and Mando against the Pikes. Kind of a standoff, kind of not a standoff. But the third one is Boba Fett versus Cad Bane Part 2, 
where they have their little like jarring back and forth. Um, and this is the scene that really, really made me want to watch a Boba Fett and Cad Bane um, series. Just the way that they kind of talk back and forth. They had a few episodes on Clone Wars. Like, Cad Bane was Boba Fett's mentor. Right, right. And that's, again, that Clone Wars callback where he says, I have one last lesson to teach you, you know? And what a fucking Old West thing to say. I love it. I love this series. Um, but I, I would want a live action series. You know, you could even just go back maybe 10 years in between Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back and do some like stuff there, you know, where after after Boba dropped off Han Solo, he goes on some jobs with Cad Bane or something. And uh, here, some here, we, here we go. The new series could be Bounty Hunters, and it shows different various bounty hunters in different time periods. Boom. I'd be okay with that. I would be I would too. be totally okay with that. Um were you uh were you guys disappointed at all that you, we didn't see any more bounty hunters show up? No. Ricky? Justin, no, no. I, I feel like they they did enough of a callback and br- or brought enough uh, original and new bounty hunters to satisfy everyone. I would have loved okay. it if Spike and Jet showed up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the Inevitable Rewatch podcast every Friday night at eight thirty p.m. Mountain Time. That's where Ricky and I join Jesse to talk about the live action Cowboy Bebop that stars Spike and Jet. <laughs> canceled unfortunately it was canceled that would have been funny though could you we should should make a comic about that the bebop crew meets star wars (laughs) just coincident encounters yep 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 um let's see back to notes back to notes uh oh the cat the standoff here i feel like it was really cool. It was excellent, excellent way to, to end this like little um, feud, right? Because obviously Cad Bane is still fast. He's still the quickest gun in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. But Boba Fett is still the most badass to ever badass. Right? You may be fast and I have my armor. I love that quote. It was awesome. But then you go back to uh, think about Bad Batch. Remember Bad Batch? And Cat Bane says to the clones, and he says, once you kill one clone, you know how to kill the rest of them. He knew exactly where to hit Boba Fett in his armor. Mm -hmm. Because once you kill one clone, you know how to kill the rest of them. And so the only thing that Boba Fett had on the upper hand here was the fact that he had been trained by the Tuscans and that he had that kind of like that gaffy stick, you know, and that that quick ground training. Mm-hmm. I I didn't even realize he still had it on him. Like when really? he popped out, no, yeah, didn't even see it, not once. You, you I had see to rewatch it, it like my, on my third time. I finally like, oh, there he is. Yeah, when he's running around, you see it. You'd think with all of the laser guns and the explosives and all of that, a gaffy stick wouldn't be much, but he did put it to good use. Right? And it was cool. It was a really good um, I agree. tribute to his Tuscan family, you know, to be like, this is ending kind of where it started. And I also like that they didn't necessarily kill Cad Bane. Did you guys notice that? 
No, he's dead. Are you sure? He got stabbed in the chest. Yeah, but he's an alien. Do you know where his heart actually is? You realize that the mayor has two hearts, two esophaguses. Well, that's why he got choked out. Like Disney did a lot of things in this episode that I was very surprised about, but But very happy. He's Cad Bane has an alien um, anatomy. Yeah, and we have no idea where his actual heart is. And when they zoom in on him at the very end, they're zooming in from the top down. His little red beep, his little red light is still beeping, and it looks like a heartbeat monitor that's still beating. So if you so if you go back to that final scene with Cad Bane, you'll see that little monitor beeping still, well, which leads even, me to believe that he's not completely dead. Even if they didn't get his heart, there's got to be something major in the chest cavity, let, let alone on any alien. That well, let me uh, let me let me bring up this: Fennec Shan got shot in the gut by a shotgun in Mandalorian, and she got taken to, you know. The, the guy to fix her up, the mod guy, the mod boss, and he fixed her up. So why wouldn't the mod boss be able to fix up Cad Bane? He right? got stabbed in the chest Wait. by a gaffy stick. But what about? Uh, do you guys remember Pirates of the Caribbean? There was that one character, one of the villains. He had his heart. It was not actually part of his being. It was like in a case covered in sand what if cad doesn't actually have his heart inside of him what if cad keeps his heart somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious i mean he does have a lot of things too like alien anatomy he he doesn't breathe on his own he has breathing tubes that give him oxygen from his back so he's not He's not like missing out on any oxygen or anything like that. I think he just has bad asthma. (laughs) Okay. You know why he has those tubes, right? You know why he has those tubes. It's a CPAP so he can sleep. (laughs) Wrong. It's a a way to protect himself against Jedi and choking him. So he still gets oxygen in his body without having to actually physically breathe. Either they way. probably had to show that in Clone Wars. I, I don't recall that. It's, it's like a, I don't think it's actually real, but it's like a rumor. <laughs> it's like a oh, Wikipedia thing. Uh, so Josh pulled that out of his ass just now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've heard this many, many times and like read about it. I don't know if it's actually like legends or if it's canon or, or what, but it's supposedly to protect him from the force chokes, which is cool. Um, Phil says, get Daniel Logan as young Boba. I think that would be cool because Daniel Logan was the original Boba Fett in episode two. And having him a little bit more grown up would be cool to have like a in-between episode three and four kind of Boba Fett. He also says, we could still get Dengar and Bosk and Zuckus and the other vintage bounty hunters at some point. Yes, we could, which I believe we will see at least one of them in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. We'll get Zuckus. Be cool. <laughs> I bet we get Bosk or some bullshit like that. So anticlimactic. Zuckus. Yep. The fly thing. Yep. Um. Yeah. He... Oh, that's what I called it. The old loop, swoop, and kill move. <laughs> that's what Boba Fett gave Cad Bane was a loop, swoop, and kill. Um. Let me see. I'm I'm getting to kind of the end of my notes here. I mean. 
Fennec Shan did Fennec Shan things. She was a badass for this whole episode. Oh, we really got to see Ming Na Wei like go all out. I mean, kinda. She she had she didn't go as she didn't go as crazy as say Boba Fett or Mando. But, but she's she an did assassin. Have very... She she kills from the shadows and just went like murked that entire room. Right. But we didn't you didn't really see her. So after she saves the Power Rangers and gives that girl props for having manners, you don't really <laughs> see her. Hey Saxon, thanks for joining us. We'll we'll be here tomorrow night, same time if you want to come watch some Sunbow Inevitable. But thanks for stopping in. Um so she didn't really show up like she showed up to to help the Power Rangers, saved them, and then she showed up at the end to kill all the mob bosses, right? Mm-hmm. But that was about it. You don't really see her for much. There's of... a lot of travel time in between Espa and Isley. Um. Oh, okay. I guess you're right because she did have to go to Moss Isley. That's correct. Yep. Okay. So he probably was like, "All right, save the Power Rangers, and then." Go to Mos Eisley and <laughs> kill these people. So that, that, okay. All right. Two go, shots. Alpha. Go. Yeah. Um, Do we want to talk about the part that made Josh super emotional? Yes. I was just, just looking at my notes. And uh, when, when uh, Jawa Dater comes in on her little, oh my God, what is her freaking name? Pelly? Pelly? Pelly Moto. Thank you. Pelly. When Pelly comes in, on her cart, which, by the way, Padme Amidala will, uh, rode in episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, when she comes in on that cart with Grogu, my heart, my heart. Because you know why she's there. She's speeding through town, and you're like, why are you here right now? What is going on? You know, And, and then uh, she's like, hey, Mando, I got a surprise for you. And here's little Grogu that looks at Mando and does a little baby thing and then jumps up on him. That's when I lost it. That was that was a scene right there when he when Grogu jumps up and does a little hug thing and did you uh, guys emotional? Yeah, and Mando checks the like finds the armor and you have was, the shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting to get that emotional from this, but that one kind of <laughs> that one hits home. Right. It's like it's like your pet though, like your little your little pet jumping up in your arms and like giving you a little bit of love, you know. I haven't seen you in days. <laughs> what, what, did you get emotional on that, Justin? Or were you like, oh, eh. I was crying the whole episode. I was like happy crying, emotional crying. Like, okay. okay. I, like I was very vocal the entire episode. I was screaming out loud. My first <laughs> watch through that is. That's uh, that's great. Um, I, I want to talk about. Hold on, I want to go on a tangent and talk about the the. The Mithril shirt, or the Beskar please, please shirt. Do. Like, what, what, what is the point of that? You could probably shoot it and still get through, right? Uh, no, no. The Mithril is is the uh, armor. It's it's just like um, the Mandalorian armor, but it's just no, made. But you're shooting a blaster, which is considered like to me a laser, a full, a full photon beam. And the the chain armor shirt has like little holes, right? So it hits the the most of the best guard, but the holes are gonna cinch through. It depends on how tight they sew it, you know. 
we're, I mean, we're going to see it. We're going to see it in action eventually. There's yeah, gonna be, someone's going to try to like, stab him. Yeah, it's going to be like episode four of Mandalorian season three. We're going to forget all about the armor that Grogu has. He's going to get shot, and we're going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> and then we're going to realize that it's all good uh-huh. because he's got the, the armor. Like, I, I don't think it's going to do much. It's going to protect him more than it's going to do any damage, you know? All right. All right. I can see that. Blasters have physical slugs, Justin. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for coming in. Good to see you. Is that confirmed? Because um, <laughs> Battlefront, so. you know, you <laughs> just keep on shooting and the gun recharges itself. It gets hot. <laughs> you know, let it recharge. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> um, Beskar chain was to block lightsabers. He'll be able to force block blaster boats. Bolts is what Phil says. And that, that makes sense. I mean, Grogu does have a ton of powers from a ton of different aspects of the Force. If you, I mean, you go back, even in this episode, it introduces a new power of him being able to put the giant animal to sleep. It's just like Ezra's power in Rebels. He was able to calm the minds of animals. That was like his special Jedi power. Ray could do it. I, no, Ray nine. healed. Ray healed. That, she um, calmed that like spider-looking thing down first. Kind the, of, but she she healed him more than anything. I feel like to to calm him down. Not like, not like a a rabid rancor, you know. This, yeah, this is fair. rancor is about to eat Mando, and Grogu just like stumbles up to it, like, "Hey, man, what's up? Sleep." <laughs> that you I know? sleep next to you. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're good to cuddle with, and. Talk about like fearless, fearless that little Grogu creature is. Yeah. Are you kidding me? He's like, what, a foot tall? And this Rancor could like pick his teeth with him. And, and he's like, nah, man, don't mess with my dad. <laughs> Go sleep. And then he just pets him. I love how he just walks up and pets him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sleep. But anyway, back to Grogu's powers. Like, he has. A bunch of he's got Yoda's hops. I like to call him hops. Yoda's hops. <laughs> um, I would almost guarantee that he's got the blaster bolt thing. You know, he was able to lift the the giant uh, mud horn in the second episode of Mandalorian. Like mm-hmm. he's got so he's got the healing powers. Just because when he healed uh, he healed Mando, and I think he healed um. Uh, grief, grief, Karga, or whatever his name is. Uh-huh. Um, Car- Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Yeah. So he's got a lot of different powers, and I would not put it past Filoni or and company to give him actual powers. Like I, I want to see him have a dark side power now. Um, like him just accidentally force choke someone, or just like pss, little shocks him. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, having some sort of dark side power. But uh, let's see. Phil says uh, Jason Solo in the old canon could do the animal calming thing. That's really cool. Um, and the actual nerd question from Jesse, does the Yoda species have a name yet? No. But if you reference Family Guy, I think it would have been Parsegian. <laughs> <laughs> That's his last name. Anyway, um, 
to go back to Grogu, I think them giving him all these powers, I really think they're banking that Grogu is going to carry the Star Wars torch for a while. Like, think about it. Yoda lived to be 900 years old, right? If you if you continue the stories from either Yoda or Grogu, you could go either 900 years in the past or 900 years in the future. And you have 1,800 years of Star Wars to play in with these two characters. We already have the High Republic with Yoda, with the young Yoda. Yeah. Which has been, uh, the comics have been super cool. I really enjoy that story. I want to get some of the novels. Um, but now there's been talks of um, a trilogy happening 200 years in the future after episode nine, which would make sense if you're bringing Grogu in, right? Because then you, you still have a f- familiarity with old characters from the old saga, but you're starting a new story. I think they're banking on Grogu being like their cash cow for the next 10 years. That is very plausible. And I see Disney close to doing that. Yeah. Um, Jesse says, I like that Luke commented on how time is different for Grogu, uh, knowing that his time with Mando was fleeting and that, and had already been cut short that helped him decide to go back. And that also will help him complete training later. He's going to live for a long time. He doesn't need to, necessarily become a jedi right now yeah you know he can go live with mando for a while and be part of the mandalorians for a little bit and then go back to training later i mean how i could even see him getting trained by ray something like that or he picks up a jedi book or a sith holocron and starts researching that shit yeah and jesse i totally agree we do hope that they put cad bane in more stuff um, we were just talking about how it would be cool to see a Cad Bane and Boba Fett like mini bounty hunter series. Um, I, I would thoroughly in, enjoy that. Let's see. Do you guys have any other notes for this episode? Uh, uh, not really. Uh, just with the whole Mandalorian 2.5 that happened, it sort of, I could see the plot for season three coming along from that. How he has to get the or appease the armor maker by going to planet Mandalore and getting the spring water from whatever quest he's sent on. Sure. And then that would tie into the dark saber being back on the home planet, so he's now the ruler of Mandalore. Like I could easily see that tying into the uh, season three, but that that's just me for trying to trying to foreshadow. Phil brings up a good point that Grogu could be a Mando Jedi, like pre Vizsla, the original oh, maker of the Darksaber. That'd, that'd be, be kind of cool. But I don't think Grogu wouldn't want to be the leader of Mandalore, you know? There was Maul. Yeah, but that's different. Maul could, like, speak. <laughs> who, who says Grogu can't speak yet? He just he likes says, to babble. He says hello in this episode. He does say hello. Whatever. Uh, go back and watch when uh, Pelly jumps up into the X-Wing. And she goes, well, hey there, bright eyes. Grogu goes, hello. It's not in the subtitles. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> watch watch it again. It'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be cool. 
Um, any any chance we get Dexter from the diner in the Obi Wan series? I'd be cool with that. Oh, coming from one Dexter. of them owners. Yeah, I liked him a lot. It's Dax Jester or Jaxter, right? I am not. I think it's I think it's Dexter Jester or Dexter Jexter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Um and which so Jesse wants to know who Ricky D thought was the finest new alien. Um we are just about to start segments, so we will we will get there. And Ricky's gonna have to choose two. <laughs> oh <laughs> surprise. Um but I think let me just go through my notes. I don't think uh we have much else to, unless you guys have any other notes. I don't have much else to cover in this. Nope. Um it was a great it was a great finale to the series, I think. Um it they did a good job putting a bow on it on the whole thing. You know, they they killed off all the leaders at the very end, just to, they killed off the pikes. You know, all those guys which leads a little bit of a opening for a sequel if they want to if they want to do a season two it can be against whoever is in charge of the pike syndicate <clears throat> kira <clears throat> but I, I think they did a good job making it to to where they don't have to do a season two yeah you know? agreed. so it was it was a great great series to me i thoroughly enjoyed pretty much all of it pretty much all of it um and with that being I said, loved the second episode. The train episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That one was great. Yeah. It was really good with the, the him training them on the speeder bikes and stuff. It's like a bantha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really did enjoy that. See, and, and again, like I think every episode had had something to bring to the table. You know, they might not have all been bangers like the last couple. But at least they all had something really cool. And you know, hopefully people that, you know, start watching Star Wars from the very beginning or start watching Mando will will watch this as well. Because it was a good time. So that being said, I guess let's move on to these segments. Um oh wait, one more thing. My last note. The end credit scene. The post credit scene. Who did you think was in the back to tank at first? Justin, start with you. Fuck, man. I had to rewatch it like two, three times to actually figure out who it was. I didn't have no, I had no idea who was possibly in there. Ricky, what about you? Did you know who it was right away or did you have to watch it again? Uh, No. And actually, I didn't even see the post credit scene. Oh, it's Cobb Vanth in the back to tank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was really no hoping it to be. I I was hoping it would be Cad Bane. Like when they when they showed them zooming in on the back of the tank, I was like, no fucking way. Boba Fett took Cad Bane and put him in the back of the tank to save his life. To be like, you owe me one, bitch. <laughs> but alas, I was wrong. It was Cobb Vanth, which is fine because I'd love to see more Timothy Oliphant in Star Wars. Love his character. Love Cobb Vanth. So. See, I'm wondering who got in the back to tank first. Was it Carsanton or Cobb? Probably Carsanton. I bet Cobb Vanth was already being tended to by Freetown, and they helped him as much as they could. And then Boba was like, ah, bring him up here, and he can use the tank as soon as uh, Santo's done. 
because Santo really needed it, and you know it. That dude oh, was yeah. like bleeding all over the streets. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's get into segments. Um, and the first one we're gonna do is this guy. He's no good to me, dead. He will not be permanently damaged. Yes, that's right. This is Boba's Bounty. This is the part of the show where we talk about our favorite new character, droid, or alien from the episode. Although, this week, being the season finale, I would like for us to pick our favorite new character from the entire season. So, Ricky, let's start with you. You can, if you want, you can pick, like... I know it's a little weird because we would do like each new episode would have a different character come in. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't really have a new character other than the droids and like some of the people from Freetown. So mm-hmm. I was going to have you do two, but let, we'll just, we'll just start with you and do the one. Um, what, what was your favorite new addition to star Wars from this whole series? It's gotta be Cad Bane. Like there's really no other answer for me. Uh, he, that's what I chose for my shot of the show. Spoiler for five <laughs> minutes from now. Uh, I, I loved this guy. He had this amazing Western energy. I loved his hat. Uh, just all of those close-up shots of his face. Uh, Cad Bane, amazing. Yeah, I, I think we're, yeah. Justin, what about you? Carson, man. Okay. Like they, okay. they pulled that from the comics and then made it into canon when it was it used to be legend. And as soon as he walked on the screen, I was like, "No way! It's Cursantin." You um, know that, that's a that's a really good uh, that's a really good like one and two right there. It'd be hard for me to choose between the two because I would have to pick both of them. Yeah, he gives you a different side or different viewpoint of the the Wookie instead of being like enslaved this one was uh well still enslaved but in a gladiator kind of perspective you got to yeah. see him rip off arms you got to see him at his fragile moment she getting shot in the back another tearjerker for me and then he's just like he's just looks and lurks in the corner <laughs> he's cool. I, I wonder i wonder if chrysanthemum is our choice because we've seen cad bane so much like ricky jesse like those guys haven't really seen Cad Bane because they didn't watch Clone Wars. They didn't watch uh, Bad Batch, Rebels, anything like that. So Cad Bane was a brand new character for a lot of people. And so it makes a lot of sense that he would be the, the fan favorite, right? For for people that only watch the live action stuff, obviously it would be Cad Bane because yeah. he is incredible. Um, Jesse's right. His voice is awesome, which he's voiced by the same guy that does the, the cartoon version of him um his his demeanor is fantastic the way he just like carries himself the way he walks just like that slow kind of badass like what are you gonna do kind of walk you know i mean everything about cad bane is incredible but you and i have seen him before we've seen him multiple times and so he's kind of like it's really cool to see him in live action but we know all about him you know seeing chrysanthemum for me definitely is probably my pick for the entire season because a he's just a big badass b it's a it's a different kind of wookie you know we're mm-hmm. used to seeing the wookies that are nice and and there to help the um the the galactic republic or to help han and luke and all them like we've only seen wookies kind of in a in a good light whereas kersantan he's a little bit more in a in a darker light which 
I'm totally okay with. Mm-hmm. And and I loved, you know, his knuckles, his weapons, like just how much he could endure. He was a badass for sure. And he would definitely be my pick um, for favorite new addition to Star Wars. And I'm glad he didn't die. That's definitely one thing that I'm super happy about. I think uh, Star Wars has an unwritten rule. You can't kill the Wookiee. Now, a lot of Wookiees died in episode three. Oh, yeah. But one of the main Wookiees. You can't you can't watch him die. Episode nine, that was a huge fake out. Yeah. Assholes. But but was it a fake out? Let me just the trailers gave that shit away. You know that, right? Yeah, I do. But still, <laughs> like sitting in the theater next to you and then saying, ha, I knew it. And then, oh, shit, they blew up Chewie. Yeah. And, and Jesse asked, what about the droid attack on Kashyyyk? Yeah, in episode three, when there was a lot of Wookiees that died in there, and there was a lot of, like, sad stuff that happened there, too. Like, the Wookiees screaming and all that crazy stuff. Um, and I guess there were different kinds of Wookiees there. But again, we were seeing them in, in a brighter light than we were with Kersantan. So, and again, I, I do agree with newcomers to to cad bane he would be the fan favorite hands down any day of the week i would choose him if i didn't already have a a good idea of of who he is you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um because i loved him he's he's still awesome like i loved seeing him even in bad batch he was the he was the best part about bad batch that show sucked so so yeah um good choices everyone good choices kersantan and Cad Bane are, are definitely the, the best new characters to come out of this show, I would say. Um, so that would lead us to our next segment, which is... That's right, it's a Sarlacc killer scene. In this segment, we talk about our favorite scene slash shot of this week's episode. Because for some reason in Instagram, I can't decide between Sarlacc killer scene and Sarlacc killer shot. If you're listening in podcast world and not live with us right now, you can catch those shots on Instagram by following Twist My Arm Podcast. And I'll post those shots um, as the week goes on. Although this week, I will be posting a video on YouTube that includes all of the shots from this entire season and you can catch that at the end of this live stream um i'll be playing that video as our closing video so let's go in chronological order for this and we're going to start here with ricky at the 12 minute and 48 second mark tell us about this shot uh well i've been i was just recently talking about how cad bane is my favorite new person uh, or, yeah, my favorite new alien, my favorite new addition to the universe. Uh, and I guess he's only new to me, but uh, still, I loved Cad Bane. Uh, I liked all of these close-up shots of him, uh, all of the dusty buildings behind him, that cowboy hat, the big brown duster. It just, it screams Western. Absolutely. So I, this is, that's why I chose this one. He's even, I mean, they've even got the, he's got the backup behind him. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic. I love it. I love that. Um, wonderful shot. Let's see. What, what did Justice here? The man in black. He's just pure trope and he works so god dang well. 
Not wrong. Not wrong. Um, now, who is next here? I believe it is Justin at the 36 minute and 30 second mark. Justin, tell us why you picked this shot. Oh, it was so nostalgic. It, it was literally the, the scene from uh, the Christmas special. It, You're a big for, fan of that Christmas special, aren't you? I watched it as a kid and I thought it was awesome. And I realized today it's horrible, but still, <laughs> okay, it was awesome all right. for one moment in my life. But uh, yeah, brought nostalgia back to that. And like, he even said, ah, I'm going to write you someday, or whatever the fuck he said. But uh, it, it, to see him just crawl up over that wall after he t- uh, fled, and I'm like, what, where, what is he going? There's no one else there. Bow! Rancor. And then you see it. Yep. And it's funny because they talked about I mean, we knew in episode four when, when the Rancor came in, I'm pretty sure we all talked about it. Like, he's going to ride the Rancor at the end. They're saving the entire budget. I mean, that was some of our arguments. They're saving the entire budget so he can ride the Rancor at the end. And still, they somehow surprised us with the Rancor reveal, which was mm-hmm. awesome. So, excellent, excellent, excellent choice. Um, that just leaves me with my pick, which comes at the 48-minute and 52-second mark. That's right. It's when Grogu is just standing up to the bully that is the Rancor Kong. He's like, hey, man, can you just calm down a little bit? Like, we're <laughs> bring good. It, bring it down 80% now. Like, we're cool. And this is just such a, this this is like, to me, what, what Star Wars was kind of about. And like, it's, I, I loved, especially in Empire Strikes Back, when Yoda brings up the X-Wing from out of the water. You know, and he's a small dude. Size matters not is something that he says. And this shot is just a a echo of that size matters not you know like no matter who you are and wherever you are no matter how small you feel and how big this thing is in front of you there's always a way that you can overcome it and that was kind of one thing that i took from this scene is like no matter how tiny this grogu is he can still overcome these obstacles and i really 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 liked that so that's that's why i picked this shot that shot would have made a really great template for a meme. Oh, which is little yo, little Grogu standing right in front of the giant rancor. That's an excellent meme template. Oh my goodness! I'll save it. I'll make some memes. We'll have to make some memes with that. Get Jesse <laughs> to do something clever. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Instagram, and uh, and you can save this photo, and you can uh, make some memes out of it. Twist my arm podcast. Um. Let's see. Okay, but like they didn't show him learning to do that at all. And that thing got big quick. I acknowledge that this is a TV show about space wizards. Are we talking about the Rancor? Oh. Oh, you're talking about riding the Rancor. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah that's what he says. <laughs> Rancor equals Karen. That's fantastic. Um, and you're right. We, we didn't see him riding the Rancor, but we did see the Rancor imprint on Boba, which would instantly give him access to kind of control the rancor to bright ability kind of like like the mandalorian's mythosaur emblem correct right okay kind of cool. does it no no it's more of like uh i hate to make this like reference. a boy scout badge i really it proves that he's able no, to do it no i hate to make this reference but twilight um the <laughs> the werewolf jacob Im- imprints on bella's child and by imprinting, it means there's a connection. Is this a sexual and thing? No, it's a protective. 
it's it's something that animals <laughs> do with their owners. It's like it's like your dog, for instance. You're you're imprinted on her life, and she's imprinted on your life, and you do anything for that creature. Like with me and Trev, we're imprinted on each other's lives, and we would do anything for each other. You know what I mean? And so it's like like um, uh, Danny Trejo was saying in that episode. He said, you know, as soon as he imprints on the first human that he sees and then they're bonded for life basically. So I think he probably had a little bit of practice, but because of that implication, then we don't really need to see much training as far as a rancor goes. It is a low point on the pod. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Josh said Twilight. <laughs> Listen, I know a lot about a lot of stupid shit. Okay. And, that's one reference like one of them printing yes um that's that's my explanation for for how boba could ride the rancor <laughs> jesse says justin this is on you now you need to carry us back home is what i'm assuming he's saying but before <laughs> we go any farther before we get any worse in references or anything stupid let's just move on to our last segment which is <laughs> That's right. It's the Tuscan Raider. This one is obvious. It's the the part of the episode where we rate the episode. Um, this week I actually have a surprise because we have this week's rating, and then I have the entire season's rating. I've calculated every single rating from every single person on the show, and I have done a mathematical thing, and I have a rating An average. I have a quarterly <laughs> rating for the Book of Boba Fett. So let's go. Let's start with Ricky. What was your rating for this week's episode? I gave it eight and a half. Uh, I gave an early assessment and I told and I told you seven. Uh, 8.5 is definitely more fitting to this episode. There's not anything really wrong with the episode. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of action. Uh, it just didn't hit that 10.0 peak. 8.5. It was an awesome episode. Worth watching again. Agreed. Agreed. Justin, what was your rating for this week? The 10. <laughs> I give it a fucking 10 it's two in a row yeah I just I thought it was a perfect way to, to wrap up loose ends it really finished this season like you said it could end it, end it uh, at there for the book of Boba Fett and open a book of something else or uh, continue to go uh, it had a action adventure like it funny uh, little quippets um <laughs> Uh, overall, it was it was a good way. It was a good episode. It's definitely rewatchable. It's probably my favorite one or two of the season. But to see, like, we got everything we wanted. Mando to ride the the Rancor, uh, or no, I'm sorry. Well, he did, but riding the Rancor, uh, Mando and Boba up in the air, fighting, shooting. Like it was great, and and then we got more a freaking uh, a Droidica, a Scorpinex, <laughs> whatever the hell its Optima or Optimus Prime name is, but uh, it, it was cool. It was really cool. I agree. Um, I it, it wasn't my absolute favorite of the season, and I'm I'm trying to be a little bit harsher on my judgments of shows. Lately, last week I gave some, the Cowboy Bebop episode a 6.5. I got absolutely castrated about it over the internet this last week. <laughs> but I'm just trying to be a little more, I don't know. So instead of giving it a 10 this week, I gave it a 
Um, and the only reason I would I would say nine point five is because I didn't have I, I I'm I'm a whiner and I didn't have Luke Skywalker come in and be another Deus Ex Machina because <laughs> I would have loved that. Um, but that gives this week's episode a complete rating of ninety three percent. And so going through every single episode, all seven, adding everything up, um, it's funny because. Jesse is right there on the mark. Quest Me gives Book of Boba Fett Season 1 a rating of 84% out of 100. So very, very close. It's about 8.4, 8.5. Jesse was very spot on with that rating. Um, I would agree that I, I have no qualms with an 84% on the Quest Me scale. Yep. Um, I think it was definitely worthy of, of that kind of score. So... Um, I am completely satisfied with the way this ended. Um, I'm I'm happy not seeing any more Book of Boba Fett, but I wouldn't be upset if they made another season. So that's what I got to say about that. Um, before I play my special video, um, let's hear uh, let's hear some plugs, Ricky. If anyone wants to find you or hear more of you, where can they go? Well, as you mentioned, Friday nights, you can find me live at 835 Mountain Time doing Sudden But Inevitable with Josh here and our Captain Jesse. Uh, you can also find me on, <clears throat> sorry, on Twitter at D. You can also find my podcast on any podcast player around, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Excellent. And Justin, you're you're pretty secretive. People don't. If you want to get a hold of Justin, you can hit up the Twist My Arm website, twistmyarm.net. And there is a place where you can email us. Um, You can also just direct the email him at twistmyarmpodcast.gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twist My Arm Podcast. Find us on Twitter at twistmyarmcast or on Instagram, Twist My Arm Podcast. Um, This has been a wonderful season, guys. This has been great. Um, We made it through the whole series. Bad Batch was was rough. we couldn't even finish that series is how how rough it was. Um, by episode nine, I think Justin and I were like, eh. <laughs> we're done. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but again, I thank everyone for coming and joining us on these seven episodes. It's been so much fun. This has been my favorite season of Quest Me so far. Um, no offense to, to Jesse and Ricky on, on season one of Quest Me. Obviously, that one was a lot of fun, but this one has been great. Um, the guests we've had all season have been wonderful. Big shout out to um, to Josh from Talking Smack, to uh, Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews, from Chip from Marvel Can of Madness, uh, Jesse from Sunboat Inevitable, Phil, um, one of our TMA regulars, um, Jake from Lost Relics, Ricky from Best Flicks, Best Flicks with Ricky D. Um, a lot of amazing guests this year, mm-hmm. this season, and I cannot wait to have more guests for season that should be coming up pretty soon I think um, was there anything else that you guys wanted to say oh yeah was Roy, was Roy in this season do we have Roy I can't remember if we had Roy or not if we didn't we'll have to have him in next season God, too many people to keep track of but um, so I did make this video it is actually I did this for I was it season one of Sudden But Inevitable um, I made a video of all of our different um, shots of the show, all of our different Starlight Killer shots. And I just kind of wanted to end this season 
on that, uh, anyone that's watching or um, anyone that's listening in podcast land, go to YouTube because I'll put this video up on YouTube and you can go check it out. Just youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast and uh, you'll see it there. Um, otherwise, my name is Josh. This is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. And I'm Justin. Thank you guys all so much for watching us on this season of Quest Me, where we talk about the book of Boba Fett. We're going to talk to you again really soon. May the Force I'll be with you. Thank you for listening to Quest Me. Quest Me is part of the Twist My Arm Network. You can find any TMA show, including Quest Me, by visiting www.twistmyarm.net. All the views and opinions expressed on this show are based solely on the ones speaking with.